Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode we spend a few minutes focusing on something that's on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Ray, an employability and careers consultant with the University of Exeter. And you can catch up with all of our series, keep up with all our regular releases by doing those subscribing and following things. We're on iTunes and Spotify. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm one of the employability and placement advisors in the skills team in the Career Zone. And today I am joined by Joe, National Officer for Beat Eating Disorders Parity. We're going to be exploring eating disorders in the workplace, how to manage them, and what we wish employers knew about people managing their eating disorders at work. Joe, just explain to us a little bit about Beat. What does what does Beat do? How how do you work? And tell us a little bit about the organisation and your role within it. Sure. So yeah, Beat. We are the UK's eating disorder charity. So we support anybody who is affected by eating disorders. So it could be people who are experiencing an eating disorder themselves, or it could be people who might be worried that they may be beginning to develop some signs and symptoms of an eating disorder. We are also there to support people who might be uh, supporting somebody with recovery from an eating disorder. So that could be a friend, it could be somebody's partner, it could be parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters, anybody who might be supporting a loved one with their recovery. And we provide that support in various ways through different online services, through our helpline, and also through lots of information and guidance on our website. So myself, I've been working for BEAT for about, since about 2017. And I'm actually based in Wales. I'm the officer for BEAT here in Wales. But often I will dip into other areas in the UK and including um, the southwest of England because it's kind of like falls quite naturally close to where I live geographically. So, yeah, that's a little bit about BEAT and where I fit within BEAT. Thank you, Joe. It sounds like BEAT is a really holistic and sort of wraparound support service working with people at any stage and at any point and the people around them. So we are exploring eating disorders, managing eating disorders in the workplace. And as a starting point, it would possibly be quite good to take more of an overview about the current climate in terms of eating disorders. Are you able to share that with us, Joe? Absolutely. So eating disorders are serious mental illnesses that are unfortunately often quite poorly understood. We estimate that 1.25 million people in the UK are living with an eating disorder right now. Anorexia nervosa has the highest mortality rate of any mental illness and the mortality rates of the other eating disorders are also high. Eating disorders thrive in isolation. They cut people off from family and friends. And you can imagine in that context, the coronavirus pandemic has had a profound and negative impact on people with experience of an eating disorder and has brought about many disruptions to those affected. So, for example, changes to an individual's regular routine or their living situation, 
changes, enforced changes to time spent with friends and family, access to treatment. Also, in terms of the workplace, the move to home working for many people, or also interviewing for new jobs remotely and starting new jobs remotely, all these changes have had, unfortunately, had a really detrimental impact on people experiencing an eating disorder. Some academic research has found that nine out of 10 people who were experiencing or in recovery from an eating disorder said that their symptoms got worse as a result of the pandemic. And worryingly, 30% of people said that their symptoms got much, much worse. So this is why it's really important that employers are aware of eating disorders and the impact that they can have on somebody's life. And I think that really highlights as well the reason we're having this conversation today to start thinking about it more and exploring what what we can do and what employers can do to support ourselves and each other. We're conscious in the career zone that in terms of the age of most of our students, it can be a point where eating disorders start to manifest, especially we recognise there's a lot of change going on as well when you come to university. So I would be really interested to explore a little bit in terms of the support BEAT provides. The main concerns or loud concerns you're hearing from people who might be starting a new job or starting university or maybe even established in in a role, what are people coming to you with? Absolutely. So when somebody's starting a new role or even in a, in a, you know, a role already, but are recovering from an eating disorder, it can be a little bit daunting about, you know, kind of like who to tell or how to manage your recovery in the workplace there can be quite a bit of uncertainty around when or how much to disclose to perhaps HR rep or your line manager or your direct colleagues. There can also be uncertainty around whether if you do tell, you know, colleagues or other people within the workplace, whether they will be supportive towards you in your recovery There can also be uncertainty around whether there will be enough support available, particularly if you're moving into a new role, and whether they will be able to access help, for example, through occupational health. In terms of managing recovery at work, obviously in a workplace there can be periods of time where it can be quite busy or there may be increased stress, which may impact on somebody's well-being, and also the the physical or mental health effects of an eating disorder impacting somebody's work. And that general kind of like fear of the unknown, not knowing about a new workplace's culture. So for example, will, you know, diet talk feature really heavily as part of day-to-day conversation? Or will there be lots of conversation around food and how that person who's experiencing an eating disorder might be able to, you know, kind of like manage their feelings when those kinds of conversations you know might come up in the workplace so there's lots of different factors that can feel quite daunting in terms of the workplace or beginning a new role at an organization 
Thank you. So disclosure from me, I've experienced an eating disorder during my working life. And I totally agree. Those conversations around food or dieting were particularly challenging. Does Beat have any tips or resources in terms of how to manage those sort of semi-social, semi-professional environment conversations where you are maybe wanting to present a particular version of yourself you want to be looking like you're part of of that work community whilst also really taking care of yourself if you're not well at that time yeah absolutely so on our website we do have some guidance that we have written that can help somebody prepare for having those kinds of conversations and disclosing that they might be experiencing an eating disorder. Yeah, we do have some help and guidance on the website. Absolutely, it can be very daunting to talk about having an eating disorder. So the person who's experiencing that, they might like to perhaps speak to a trusted friend or mentor or indeed beat support services ahead of time and kind of plan what you might say. For example, some people find it easier to maybe write some things down in advance. And it doesn't even have to be a verbal conversation if you felt more comfortable perhaps sending an email or if you have like an instant messaging system like Microsoft Teams or Instant Messenger. You know, you could consider using that as a way of communicating The other thing as well is it's really important to remember that there's absolutely no need to disclose anything. However, if you are struggling, then we would recommend that you do try to speak to somebody that you trust within your workplace. So that could be somebody within your HR department. You might have an allocated HR representative for your particular team. Or perhaps your organisation might have a workplace mental health first aider that you could confide in. Or indeed, if you have a colleague that you feel particularly comfortable talking to, then, you know, have a conversation with them. But we would also recommend that you do try and speak to your line manager if you can, as there could be several things that they might be able to do to help you in terms of like adjustments to your working practices. So perhaps, for example, a reduction in hours or perhaps more flexible approach to working hours. You could also see what additional support might be available to you through your workplace. So, for example, is there an employee counselling helpline or, as I mentioned before, perhaps a mental health first aider within your organisation that you could get some support from? And again, it's really important to remember that that our BEAT support services are here for you as well. So, you know, if you had a particularly difficult day at work and we're feeling that that was having an impact on your eating disorder and you know your recovery that day then we have lots of support available either you know pick up the phone to our helpline you could get in touch with one of our advisors on a one-to-one using web chats or we have online support groups as well that run some run daily and some run about twice a week so there's always something available for you to dip into through beat as well to help you um, help you through those more tricky times navigate those choppy waters 
I can 100% vouch for those support services as well. Oh. And they've, they've really held the space for me during wobbles. Something you said just now is about being able to talk to your, your manager or someone within your organisation. I have been really fortunate. I've had really supportive managers who have probably recognised things before I have and, and come up with those reasonable adjustments in a supportive and quite gentle way. But I know that that won't be everyone's experience. So I wonder, Joe, what you would say or what Beat would say, what, what do you wish employers and organisations knew about supporting people with eating disorders in the workplace? That's a fantastic thing to ask and to sort of think about that kind of like wish list. Yeah, I mean, we would really, really hope that employers can take it upon themselves to educate themselves about eating disorders. It's important to remember that the work situation does not in itself cause somebody to develop an eating disorder. Although work-related stress can be a factor that exacerbates the problem. And it's also really important to remember that anyone can be affected within an organisation, regardless of their level or, or seniority within an organisation. It's really important for employers to recognise that staff who have an eating disorder may need time off to attend treatment. Unfortunately, in some instances, some people may need quite a significant amount of time off for treatment or shorter times to attend medical appointments and sessions, you know, with their specialist eating disorder support team. So any flexible working practices that can accommodate this, that the employers are able to facilitate are incredibly beneficial to, to those experiencing an eating disorder. Employers might need to ensure that their employees have their working arrangements altered to take their health needs into account. So, for example, their hours may need adjusting or their uh, responsibilities for a period of time, some, you know, uh, on occasion. It's really important that employers remember that eating disorders are mental illnesses. So, policies and procedures around staff illness will be very relevant to any staff member who's experiencing an eating disorder. If you are, are aware that one of your employees um, might be suffering from an eating disorder, then ask that employee what you can do to help. So for example, helping them to stick to regular eating by ensuring that all employees are actively encouraged to take regular breaks, you know, not singling any one person out. It's important that everybody takes a break for their own mental well-being. So employers that encourage that and also ensuring meeting free time at mealtime so that people have that time to be able to eat without feeling rushed or feeling that they might you know need to sort of skip that meal in favor of meeting yeah meetings over meal times are a big no-no also having a good kind of open door policy really so that if employees feel that they need to talk about concerns or worries they can do that openly and comfortably without feeling that like they're going to be turned away 
It's also really important to bear in mind that it, if you have any employees who might be looking after somebody with an eating disorder, that this can take a toll on their physical and mental well-being too. So, for example, being able to accompany a child or partner to attend appointments or therapy sessions is vital. So flexible working practices that can accommodate this easily are extremely beneficial to employees. Employers can call or email our helpline for advice and information. We have awareness raising leaflets and posters that can be requested for use and kind of like display around communal areas in the workplace if you're in that situation where you are back in the physical workspace. And also we have lots of downloadable resources available on our website as well. And we also run um, awareness courses as well for the workplace. So if that's something that an employer is interested in, then there is more information about that available on our website. Thank you. I'm just thinking something as a service we're focused on is empowering our students and our graduates to be change agents and affect change. So hearing about the awareness raising course for employers, I would hope that we've probably got some listeners that are thinking this would be really good for my employer. This would be a really good practice and a good area for us all to develop in and um, maybe find a link on the website to do that and ping it onto, onto a manager. That would be amazing. Yeah. Any ways in which anyone who's listening can help us spread that word and get that awareness raised, you know, within workplaces, it would be so helpful. And obviously the resources that I mentioned that are available to download or order printed versions of, yeah, anyone listening who would like some of those can do so, you know, through our website. We have a a form to request leaflets and then obviously there's the resources section with uh, PDF downloads. So yeah, I definitely encourage people to do that if they have a little bit of spare time. So much of this is about having the tools to help others as an employer knowing or a manager even what your role is and what your support might look like and I was scribbling as you were you were talking there Joe. and it feels to me like in that wish list there's a lot around sort of being human and being compassionate and thinking about all of your employee or team's well-being it's not necessarily about a person that has disclosed an eating disorder to you it's thinking about, well, how can we make implement changes that will be beneficial to, to all of us and keep us all well, whilst also supporting someone that is experiencing an eating disorder at that time, which feels yeah. really holistic to me. Yeah, absolutely. Like through my day-to-day work, I have come across people within organisations who have a, you know, kind of like a well-being role in addition to their, their main role. And I've also come across organisations that have wellbeing uh, staff, wellbeing forums uh, for, you know, staff from across an organisation to come together and look at wellbeing, you know, within the workplace on a general level across all staff. It is really important to include eating disorders as, as part of a wider package of wellbeing that, that an organisation is considering, you know, for its employees seeking support for the first time so we have a a leaflet that helps people prepare for their first appointment with the GP 
and that leaflet's actually split into three sections. So there's a section for the person who is experiencing eating disorder and is seeking that help. There's a section in there for any person who might be supporting them with that appointment. So for a friend or a relation to read so that they understand. But then there's also a section that can be given to the GP to read, which effectively takes the GP through step by step what they should be doing in terms of making a, a referral through to specialist services for that person. So yeah, often we find that when people reach out for support for the first time, if they experience a not particularly helpful response from the GP, it can set them back then in terms of trying to get support again. You know, it can it takes a lot of courage to step forward and ask for support. So it is, you know, we, we want to try and help that person experience that first ask for support in the, the most positive possible way, which is why we developed that leaflet to help um, the person prepare for the GP appointment, to give them some pointers if the GP's response isn't as expected, you know, is, is less favourable, to help them kind of push back against that a little, and also to help the GP in terms of making the right choices for that person. There are some absolutely fantastic GPs out there, but yeah, unfortunately, we have heard, you know, from time to time that some people's experience hasn't been a particularly positive one, which was why we, which led us to develop that, just to sort of help make that process as smooth as possible, really. And something to have in your your back pocket if you're, yeah. if you're seeing a GP that perhaps isn't isn't as experienced or you don't have that rapport with immediately you've got a piece of paper you can just I can't talk about this right now here's the information absolutely Um, absolutely and sort of take takes that responsibility off just your shoulders and I am thinking about our our students who will have gone through different education systems that by the time they come to university it's quite structured in terms of the support that's available, how to access it. We'd expect personal tutors to be able to signpost to wellbeing services or study skills, employability, whatever that student is perhaps struggling with. But as you leave that sort of education, higher education, university environment, you can end up feeling a little bit lost. So having a resource like you've just mentioned there, for me, it sounds like it's quite grounding. This is the information I need in order to get the support that I am looking for and someone else has done the thinking for me I just need to take it forward right as opposed to sort of feeling quite maybe isolated or unsure we know eating disorders thrive on secrecy so yeah. having that tool to, to get you out the door or on the phone to, to book an appointment I think is, is so important yeah the feedback that we've had from people who have made use of that one particular leaflet but also the, the kind of like more wider advice and guidance on our website, both from the person who is experiencing eating disorder and also from the from people who might be supporting somebody with their recovery. The content that we have is very much driven by the feedback that we receive. There's masses of information available on our website for people on you know both sides of the experience. So yeah, we definitely recommend people take a look there. And also employers too. There's you know, there's there's a section 
specifically for employers on, on our website and then we also have the more sort of like general information and guidance for people supporting somebody with recovery that would also be pretty applicable to employers as well. That's fantastic. Thank you. So I've probably just got two two more questions. Yeah, that's sure. okay, Joe. Yeah. Firstly, so we've got into the weeds of eating disorders in the workplace. We've thought about how managers, employers and organisations might support their team members and their staff. And we've looked a bit at the sort of resources and support we provide Is there anything else you would like our listeners to know or take away from this episode and from Beats Web? Absolutely. What I cannot stress strongly enough is that recovery from an eating disorder is possible. We want people to be confident that support is available for them, be that through support, through NHS services, through their GP and referral into specialist services. There's also the support from available from BEAT, all of our support services, and also that people should feel comfortable with bringing up those conversations with their employers and seeking support from their employers. Recovery is possible. Anybody struggling with an eating disorder deserves recovery. And that is something that I would encourage anybody listening who who might be experiencing an eating disorder themselves or supporting somebody with their recovery to take from this. This podcast is that with support from various networks that recovery is possible. And I think we shall end there on that message of hope. Thank you so much, Joe, for joining us and to Beat for contributing to this podcast. It's been fantastic to have you. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you so much. This was the Career Zone podcast, brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone. You can find this series on iTunes and Spotify, so do subscribe and follow us to keep up with our regular releases. And we would love to hear from you. So if there is something on your mind, then share your thoughts or questions on Instagram at UOE Career Zone or at UOE Cornwall Career Zone or Twitter at UOE Careers. Hashtag Career Zone podcast and we'll follow up in one of the next episodes. Finally, of course, you can find out more information about all the support we offer at exeter.ac.uk slash careers.